Welcome to season three of Outstanding Women Leaders, Witty and Wise Conversations. I'm your host, Katie L. Leeds, founder and chief OWL at Outstanding Women Leaders, OWL Professional Coaching, an organization dedicated to empowering women to rewrite their story and reconnect to fulfillment and joy. OWL is on a mission to host 100 million Witty and Wise Conversations that disrupt the way leaders think and inspire you to interact in the world in relationship to each other. We have four rules for our conversation. Number one, nobody gets to be wrong. Number two, nobody gets to be right. Number three, everybody gets to be vulnerable. And number four, everything is included. We do not edit here. This podcast is exactly what it's supposed to be in this moment in time. If your child walks into the podcast, bring them on in because we're not editing them out. (laughs) We've asked our guests to join us via video to allow us to create authentic connection. Eyes are the window to the soul. You will be seen, you will be heard. There is space for you here. When this conversation comes to a close, I will ask our guests three questions. If you've tuned in, you know what they are. And if you haven't, you don't want to miss them. But enough about me. Today, I'm excited to welcome outstanding women leader, Donna Sardula, an author, podcast host, and founder and president of Vision Board Media, a professional branding company that helps individuals and companies tell their unique stories on LinkedIn and beyond. Donna believes LinkedIn can help you show vulnerability in your brand, your story, and your leadership, bringing dynamic brand storytelling to the masses and empowering people to dream big. That's the ink in this owl's pen. Welcome, Donna. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. I am so excited to pick your brain on LinkedIn so that I can actually update my own branding. I didn't mention this when we were (laughs) backstory, but when you came across my desk as a potential guest, I'm like, yes, because my LinkedIn could certainly use some help. Where does somebody start on branding their LinkedIn page? You've written a book, LinkedIn for Dummies. I am officially the dummy. So tell me all your knowledge. Sure, sure. You know, and, and it's it's LinkedIn profile optimization for dummies. I wish I had the LinkedIn for dummies title. That was Joel Elad. <laughs> but um, it, my mine is all about you know optimizing your profile and utilizing it almost as the foundational aspect to success on LinkedIn, because a lot of times people jump in and they start using it and they forget that people want to know who this person is like, and they, they visit your profile with the expectation that they're going to find out something about you, something different, something interesting in a way people go to your LinkedIn profile more so than they go to your website because they're hoping to get an idea of what to think about you. You know, who are you? What is, what brought you to where you are today? Like, what was that trajectory? What, what created this, this, this person in front of me? And so, you know, with the LinkedIn profile, you have this, you have this opportunity to really tell the the story and control that brand. But a lot of people don't, they just, they sort of ignore it because it's hard to write about yourself. I think ultimately. Oh, it is not only hard, but every time I show up on LinkedIn, you know, I don't like the phrase imposter syndrome, but I'm going to use it because everybody knows what it is. I sit there on LinkedIn and I read people's profiles who are more educated, more professional, better leaders, like all the things that are better than me. And all of a sudden I'm left with what's my story again? Like, how do I stand out? Why would anybody hire me? Um, how do you help people <laughs> overcome that? Because it is so hard to write about yourself. You know, and it's it's funny because it doesn't even, it does not matter. Like you could be 
the most amazing journalist or author of books. You could be, you know, the most amazing leader. But when it comes to writing about yourself, it just, it, it levels the playing field. No one wants to do it. And in some ways, you know, like congratulations that it's hard because if it was easy, you'd be a narcissist. Right? <laughs> so like, look at the good here. It's a good thing that you, it's hard to write about yourself. You know, what, what I, what I say is this, you know, when you look at your LinkedIn profile, it's a chance to really get deliberate. It's a chance to challenge yourself to do a little bit more deeper thinking than most people would normally do. You know, like when, when you say to yourself, oh, you know, let me sit down and really think about where I've been and what I've done and what I've enjoyed. Like no one does that, right? <laughs> no one does it. So it's this great excuse. It's this great challenge to just as a human being to say, wait, stop. Who am I? And where do I want to go? And you want to create a profile that is more forward, future oriented than past. Mm. And what happens is a lot of times people will go through this and they'll, they'll write about themselves. They'll optimize that profile, but they did it like five years ago. <laughs> and before you know it, that profile is like this obituary. <laughs> it's like who you were. And then you start to wonder like, why are people treating me? You know, why am I not getting the same rapport? Why am, why are people treating me in a different way? Why am I not commanding the, the level of respect that I, I, I should have? And a lot of times it's because you haven't updated your message. You've grown out of it. You've moved beyond it. So I know I've kind of taken a little bit of a windy road here, but you know, how do, how do we help people? We help them by, you know, really thinking who they are. Um, when you do it yourself, you've got to hold yourself accountable. But if you work with my team, we're there to really help you understand these are your strengths. This is, this is special. You know, sometimes people need to hear that because it comes so naturally. You think everyone can do these things, but they can't. Hmm. What is your tip for really catching someone's attention or standing out? Like when you look at LinkedIn, you've got so many places to do that. There's a little blurb right below your name, right? That I tinker with like every other week. So mine is not an obituary. Mine is more about a state of mind at the moment. <laughs> And then you have the about section, like where, how do people stand out from the crowd and also sound professional? Cause that's what LinkedIn is about. Yeah. Well, you know, what is professional Katie? What is not me? <laughs> but no, you are. That's the thing. And, and it's funny. Cause I was just, I was just writing about this, you know, I love, I love anymore. It's so funny because when I first started and people were using emojis and animated GIFs, I was like, what is this? This is just, this is so unprofessional. But, but sure enough, after a while, I started thinking, wait, I, I do want to use an animated GIF. I do want to use an emoji. I do want to, you know, start my about section with a little bit of a joke, you know, and, and the reason is professional has changed. It's not stuffy. It's not... It's not uptight. It's not super uber serious. You know, people want to work with people. They want to see the warmth of your personality and you want to attract your tribe, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to attract boring people who don't really, you know, resonate to, to your energy. So, you know, when, when, when we talk about, you know, what is professional, 
to me, professional is being ethical, right? It's, it's someone who has passion and in, in, in what they do. They're out there helping people. They're not being rude or, or condescending. <laughs> they're, they're lifting and they're enjoying what they do. So, you know, don't look at your LinkedIn profile and think it needs to be stodgy or, or just boring because that's professional. You know, I really want that LinkedIn profile to feel like you. And I want a person when they read it to feel the warmth of your personality and to really understand where you came from and what contributed to who you are today, but also what aligns you to that future state. That to me is the most interesting. And that's what's going to get, that's what's going to convert people. That's when, that's when you can, when you can take the time and craft something that is more of a manifesto than a biography, that's when you're going to see success. Mm, man, so many good nuggets there. Crafting a, a more, you know, when I think of the profiles that I threw into my bucket of very professional and like great profiles, and I should write something like this, they were pretty much biography of where they people have gone. And that's often, I think, where I get tripped up is, well, what my biography is not that impressive compared to these people. They worked at Forbes and they worked at Apple and they worked at Google. You know, how, yeah, what's your recommendation around that? So here's the thing, Katie, right? You need to first say to yourself, why am I on LinkedIn? Why am, what am I trying to accomplish? You know, what are you really, what, what is success going to look like for you? And for everyone listening, the answer is going to be different right? You need to understand your goal. Then you need to understand your target audience, right? Because those people who are, who are talking about being on Forbes and, you know, all these other things, they're probably on LinkedIn for a totally different reason. And it very well might be reputation management and, you know, really having that online resume. Maybe that's why they're on it, which is not necessarily why you're on it. You know, you may need to really think about your target audience and what resonates with them? What do they need to know about you? And it's not so much all of those accomplishments. Maybe it's how you are going to help your target audience accomplish their needs and their goals. That sounds very different than just trying to give myself instant credibility on LinkedIn, <laughs> which when I think through what I just said, like, that's why I think about being on LinkedIn. I want credibility. I want people to see me as an executive coach. That's professional. And then I sit there and I'm like, well, I'm, I don't look at all these other executive coaches that worked at the Apple and the Google, and then have that reputation, um, for people that are sitting there thinking, all right, I need a new career and I want to optimize for, um, a potential employer. What are some tips around that? So when you think about, you know, is it, is it, are you, are you referring to pivoting in their career or just, mm-hmm. yeah, a pivot. So we're talking about pivoting. It, it really comes down to thinking about where you want to go and what you want to do. All right. And, and being very clear in that, in that regard, you know, what does that next step look like? Now, maybe, maybe you really don't know what that next step looks like. And that's, that's okay too. But, you know, think about, you know, what that future state could be. 
and write towards that, you know, maybe grab some job descriptions of positions that really, really engage you and read them and see what are those skill sets? What are those strengths? What, what does that person need to be doing? And then think to yourself, what have I done that aligns to that? And that would be more of the story that you want to tell. And all of the things that you did that you don't want to do anymore, it's okay to cut them. It's okay to delete them. It's okay to stop talking about it. Most people, they, they keep holding on to who they were, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then they wonder why they're pigeonholed or why they seem stuck. It's because you keep talking about the things you don't want. And when you talk about the things you don't want, those are the keywords that are in your profile. So when recruiters or people are looking for those types of people, you keep coming up. And that's why you keep getting these unqualified opportunities. It's because that's how you qualified yourself. It almost sounds like developing a LinkedIn profile is a great way to figure out who you want to be. There's a way that you talk. I'm like, this is a great way of, if you're sitting there, like, I have no idea. Maybe you need to call Donna's team and have them tell you (laughs) what they see. we We have a questionnaire that everyone goes through and that questionnaire does it's it's we've been using it since 2009 so we know the right questions to ask and i think in some ways people don't have the answers because they don't know the right questions to ask themselves and they need someone to give them those prompts to start to generate the ideas in their own brain right it's one thing when you're like well what do you want to be when you grow up well isn't it better to say, well, what is it that you really enjoy? What lights you, what's, what really lights you on fire? You know, when, when do you get the most, you know, like goosebumps when you, you know, doing what certain tasks, you know, like when we start to really drill in and ask more specific questions, it's a lot easier to come up with that answer. Mm. People don't know the right questions to ask. And I'm over here in the business of knowing the powerful questions to ask. (laughs) Could you give us one question that is powerful for us to maybe take home some homework today and, and start getting started on writing our LinkedIn profile? You know, one of my favorite questions, I have, I have a couple favorite questions on, on the questionnaire, but one, one question is, is it's a, it's a crazy one. Um, but so many people have said to me, was this question that really made me realize I needed to pivot in my career. And we ask, what is the future of your industry? And it's not a question that you hear a lot of, but you know, what is the future of your industry? There were a lot of people who would say, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not so sure <laughs> what this future looks like. You know, I really need to make sure that I start to segue somewhere else because there's a much brighter future in this different industry. So that's 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 one that's a little off uh, base. I love to ask, um, uh, what is a motivating quote? What is a motivating book? That always gives me a really good insight into who that person is and what their personality is like. Um, I love to ask people for their career philosophy. And a lot of people don't have one until they really start to think about it. And then they start to realize that, wait, there are certain nuggets that sort of drive me as a professional. Mm. And, and you get to hear these like interesting things like, you know, money isn't really a motivator. Okay. Well, what is the motivator? (laughs) You know, what gets you moving forward? So it's, there's so many questions out there. Um, but it's, it is, it's finding the right ones and seeing what gets a person excited. And you can really see by just how much they start to loosen up and let it rip, you know? 
Yeah. Ooh, I love these questions. I love the career philosophy uh, question that you have. Uh, no one's ever asked me that in quite that way, but I always talk about the common thread because I've had four mm-hmm. careers yeah. uh, before 40 <laughs> and, <laughs> and successful. Like I wasn't running away from a career because I sucked at it. I was being pulled into something different. Um, Mm -hmm. And in one case I was getting divorced. And so there was a push Um, and, and that thread for me of like following that now that you say this, I'm like, this is probably what should be on my LinkedIn is what really does, you know, stand reinvention, Katie reinvention. That was on my LinkedIn at one point. (laughs) I kid you not. You talk about like not letting it, you know, your LinkedIn become stagnant and just be an obituary. And I laugh because I'm like, man, like probably a year ago, it said like, you know, I just kind of claim that I'm an expert at reinvention. I used to say transition, but now that means something different. So I don't tell people I'm an expert at that, but it really is about reinventing. But the one thing I haven't been able to reinvent successfully is my LinkedIn. So I'm so glad you're here to share these nuggets for me. I'm getting a little inspired. You know, I, I, and I would say this, you know, it's, it's really, when you, when you go to optimize your profile, you do have, you can have a blank slate and it's easy to, to sort of feel almost like, like, isn't there a kitchen that I need to clean? Like, isn't there a basement that I need to go reorganize, right? Because you just don't want to sit there going through it. So you know, if you really are struggling, I'm not one who, I don't push my services. I really don't. If, if you need us, we're here, but sometimes if you can't do it, if it's that hard and it is for women, it's really hard. I will say that men, I don't know, not, I don't mean this in a bad way. If anything, I I mean it in like, I wish we could be like this, but men have no problem boasting. They have no problem saying, this is what I'm good at. And they they don't mind claiming those types of accomplishments. Women really struggle. And it's like, it's hard. It's hard. And it's hard to say, you can own this. It, It doesn't, you don't have to say it was your team. That comes implied. It's okay. To, to, you know, be forthright and, and, and talk about your successes. But what works really well with LinkedIn is when you tell more of a story around the success. So rather than just saying, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I, you know, I, I raised revenue by whatever you can start to say, well, you know, I recognize that this wasn't in place and this was hurting us. So I brought in this team and we, you know, created this messaging or we created these products or we put together these projects. And, you know, through this, we were able to see this, you know, and and by phrasing it more in a story, one, it's a little easier for that person to feel like, okay, I'm not bragging. I'm really just describing what happened. So it feels a little bit more authentic, but for the other person who's reading it, suddenly there's a lot more, you're really showcasing your expertise. So you're showing the, the why you did it, but also the how you did it. Mm, the why and the how. And I love the way you said the showcasing your expertise. I think that's where sometimes LinkedIn can get a little scary. You start looking, comparison is a thief of joy. So, and when you're <laughs> going to start to make something, you always want to see, you know, what is the competition doing? Or like, what are the other people out there doing? And uh, storytelling. I'm such a storyteller, but LinkedIn, so many of the profiles are not stories. They really are. Do not look at other people's profiles. 
<laughs> I love that. So wait, let me, let me take that back. All right. I think it's really smart to look at other people's profiles, especially if you want to pivot right in your career, find, find the people who went to school with you, find the people that you worked alongside and look at their trajectory. And, and I think sometimes you can start to see, oh, wait, this person had a lot of similar qualities and look at where they landed. And you can kind of see a path for yourself by looking how other people manage their own career. I think that's a really good thing. And I think it's something that very few people do. They, they don't look at LinkedIn as that place for business intelligence, for that place mm-hmm. to really see other people's trajectories and their stories. With that said, when you, when you look at other people's profiles, look at it and say, is this a profile that's moving me? Is this a profile that is clearly taking their audience to a certain point, like to a goal? Like, is this profile, is this a job search profile? I mean, do they look desperate? You know, is it just their, 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 their resume, you know, copying and pasted? Is it all of these accomplishments? Um, you know, is, is it really, am I getting a sense that there's a real human being here? You know, and, and that could be a pro or it could be a con. Um, but, you know, a lot of times when people look at profiles, they're like, oh, that one looks good. It looks good, but is it forwarding their cause? Is it forwarding them to their goal? And more often than not, most people don't put the effort into their profile to get the true success that they are looking for. I so appreciate the looks good versus the forwarding the cause that you're having. Cause I think there are so many profiles I've read that look good and you're right. It's not necessarily about driving forward. In fact, for some of the people on LinkedIn, they're very happy with the job that they're currently at. And it really is just a, this is how good I look on paper. That's uh, a great point. <laughs> or on the flip side, Katie, people aren't putting out their real self you know, and it's not authentic and it's not real and it's not impressive. It's almost dull and boring. I, I see that all the time, you know, so you get these people who are blowhards and braggarts. That's one side of the equation. Then there's the other people who are absolutely wonderful and sparkly and, and amazing, and they're not showcasing any of it. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's, let's come to, let's come more towards the middle. And let's tell that authentic story. Let's, let's, let's talk to our target audience and let's not try to be everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you're on LinkedIn. There's a point, there's a point for your activity and for a person who's going to look, you don't like, yes, everyone can come and look, but who do you really want to be looking for? And who do you want to write that story to? Such great advice. Do you recommend a call to action at the end of LinkedIn? Like how do we wrap up our beautiful storytelling to forward that action? And I'm speaking specifically for those business owners out there listening that are, are wondering, you know, what, what should I be inviting people to do if they're reading my about? You know, at one time, you know, that was really the only place for that call to action, (laughs) but now they, they collapse the about section. So in some ways, I think it's more important to have a real hook in the about section at the very top to make Mm -hmm. a person click, see more. That is where there really should be the call to action. And the call to action should be to click the see more, (laughs) to keep reading about yourself. And then you have the featured section. 
And the featured section is where you can start to really send people to different places off of LinkedIn, which is the only, only area of LinkedIn really where LinkedIn's like, yeah, send people away from LinkedIn. <laughs> Usually it's like, no, we don't want to put links anywhere because we want to keep people on the LinkedIn feed. But in the LinkedIn profile, we've got this feature section. So that's where you can put some call to actions, you know, and really showcase, hey, here's our website, here's our products and services, you know, like, and make, allow them very easily that if they like what they're reading and it's resonating with them, it's very easy to, to find out more information. Mm, that's a great tip. And you're right. LinkedIn now also says, are you sure you want to leave and click on this light? I don't know if you've seen that. I know, I know. I saw that just the other day. I'm like, come on. LinkedIn, you're very concerned. (laughs) You've been very concerned about me clicking on these links, like because of so much fraud, when it it took me off guard, like someone had sent me a message and was, you know, click this link to check out. And LinkedIn just wanted to give me a quick little warning on both of those. So I (laughs) over and over and over again, (laughs) such great uh, nuggets of information on LinkedIn. In addition to that, you host a podcast, dream big conversations for uh, people who dream big, how they did it. Uh, what type of life they live, et cetera. Tell me a little bit about how big it's dream big with big dreams, right? Did I get that right? Dream big with big dreamers. Dreamers. Dream big with big dreamers. That's, and you know, for me, it's, it's, I'm doing it with a, a purpose, <laughs> a submission because, you know, my father, he passed away, um, over 10 years ago, it was 2011 when he, he passed away and he, uh, he just dropped dead. He didn't, he wasn't really sick that we could tell. Um, he just woke up one morning and went down and it was, it was shocking. It was, it was really, um, you know, as, as would, as with anyone who had a good relationship with a parent, um, experienced that. Um, but right before he died and, and at the time I didn't even know that, his time on earth was short. Uh, he said to me, you know, he said, you know, Donna, the biggest regret that I have in my life is that I didn't dream big enough. And, you know, I thought he was a successful man. He was, he was a good father. He, you know, he had done a lot in his life. He had traveled, you know, in, in some ways I was like, what are you talking about? You know, you dream big, (laughs) but it wasn't big enough in his mind. And, you know, after he, you know, passed not very long after that, it was something that really always stayed in my mind. You know, am I dreaming big enough? You know, am I pushing it far? You know, am I, am I thinking, you know, outside of just what's my comfort zone? And it was right, you know, it was during the pandemic when I, when I started the podcast, like a lot of us did, I guess, right. Cause you did as well. You know, I thought, you know, let me, let me start interviewing people who do dream big, whether they, they always dream big, or maybe they've just had a few moments where they've really gone outside of that comfort zone. And let's, let's talk to them about it. Let's learn more because I think a lot of people don't dream big because they don't know how they don't see it on a day-to-day basis. So let's, let's give people that, that push and that, that, that visibility to what it means. And what's your definition of dreaming big? To, for me, it's it's going outside of your comfort zone. It's 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 being able to take monumental risks mm-hmm. with a sort of sort of 
courage and bravery. And maybe, maybe you're scared as you're doing it, but you're still doing it. It's, it's, you know, it's really being able to walk into the unknown and, and, but I also think it's being able to embrace what maybe a lot of people think is almost impossible. Mm. Taking monumental risks, walking into the unknown, embracing the impossible. What is something you've learned from these big dreamers? I have learned for a lot of them, I think they were born to know. <laughs> but I think at the same time, the more they do it, the easier it becomes, which gives me a lot of hope because if you are a person who is a little bit more shy, a little bit more, um, you know, less prone to taking risks, if you can force yourself, you'll find that each subsequent time you're given that opportunity, you may be a little bit more apt to do it. So it is something that I do believe a a lot of people, you know, a lot of them are either born with it or they saw it when they were younger. They, Mm. They saw more people. They had a lot more entrepreneurs in their network. Their parents were entrepreneurs. They, they just, they found that they weren't always bound by, Hey, like, keep it small, (laughs) keep it small kid. (laughs) This is, you know, so, so it's something that they were exposed to. A lot of them were born with it. A lot of them were exposed to it early, but those that did it and practiced it were able to continue to do it. And what gave you the courage to dream big and found this company? Well, why did I found, I always wanted to be a business owner. I always wanted to be a business owner. And I remember for a very long time, this is going to sound crazy, but I used to think, I wish I had some marketable skills. I had tons of marketable skills. I just, I assumed everyone could do these things. I had no idea that what I brought to the table was, was different and important and, and valuable. So it, that was, that was a real like inflection point, you know, and, and it was through being in a very, very doggy dog sales environment, being sort of pushed to get a quota and find, um, you know, different ways to get in front of my, my target audience. Um, it was through that, that I started to realize, wait, all of these things that I'm doing, I could actually give to other people. And that, that was, that was pretty, I remember walking into a, um, it was like a, it was like a business incubator or a, it was some type of, you know, we're going to help you start a business. And, and I remember the, the woman who was standing there, um, she just pointed at me and she said, what do you love to do? And no one had ever asked that of me before. And I remember saying at the time, I said, I love helping people embrace technology. And she said, that's what I want you to do. And it was really that. And then having the success that I did on LinkedIn, understanding the importance of the LinkedIn profile, you know, recognizing that you can shape how others perceive you. 
And also realizing that, that no one at that time was really taking LinkedIn seriously or seeing its potential. All of that together got me to the point where it was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And, and do we have time? I'll tell you one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I started the business in January of 2009 and I, it was hard, right? Like I was talking about LinkedIn and people were like, Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little ahead of my time, apparently. And a recruiter called me and he's like, Donna, we'd like to get you back, you know, selling, you know, digital prototyping software and whatnot. And I was like, okay, you know, cause having a, having that salary, even if it was commission based, certainly seemed like and a the good insurance, idea. <laughs> all of that, you know, all of that. And I'm like, yeah, all right, let's let's do it. And I put the business on hold, and I got back into dialing for the dollars and you know all that stuff. And man, I hated it. I hated it. It was not me. It was a horrible time in the world. It was just. It just. I was waking up and I was just so upset with myself. And I, I went to see a guy speak and he talked about how this was a, this wasn't the full speech, but this was a piece of the speech. And he said, if, if there was an animal who was raised in captivity, they're raised in a cage and you open up that cage door, that animal will not run out. The animal will actually run deeper into the cage. And I realized that that's what I had done by taking that job. I, I, I ran deeper into my cage. And that was when I realized, wait, this is not for me. I do, I need to be an entrepreneur. I need to have my own business and I need to be helping people myself specifically in the vision that I have. And, um, and I did. So I, I, uh, I wish I could say I, I quit. They fired me. I totally deserved to be fired. At that point, I was like, so you know what's nice about getting fired is like sometimes you get a severance and sometimes you get some unemployment. Being fired is is no longer, you know. Only had you know, I've only been fired one time in my life, and it was the last time I worked, and it was such a gift. We don't think of it that way. The ego did not believe it was a gift. The ego is pretty hurt for about a year and a half. But I was was like turning (laughs) cartwheels out of the office. (laughs) It sounds like as you tell the story then that, you you know, you mentioned being dream big. um, Oftentimes you're born with it. And you said you've always wanted to be a business owner. Sounds like this is something that's been on your heart to dream big from a very long, for a very long time. Thank you, Katie. (laughs) From that place, my three questions for those of us still listening, what's your superpower? What is my superpower? You know, I look at people and I can, I just, I can see their, their strengths and, and I, I'm able to lift them up. So I think it's, it's being able to see other people's superpowers and, and, Mm -hmm helping them recognize the strengths that they have. It's a great superpower for a mom too. (laughs) What's your purpose? My purpose is to help people, help people change their lives, help people understand why they're here and what they can do. It's, it's to help them shine, 
help them shine brighter. And my favorite question, what's next for you? What's next for me? I am, I am working on creating courses, working on um, going beyond just the service type of um, uh, situation. I, I, I want to really be able to help more people. And I think, you know, selling time, even if it's not just always my time, but I want to be able to provide more assistance to more people on how to utilize LinkedIn to build their career, stand out, get noticed, find opportunity. And so it's, we're going to be working with courses. I've got a few books inside of me that I've got to get out. It's more different books, not always for dummies. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's, and, and I'm mm. going to the Bahamas in two weeks and I cannot wait. Ooh. I just was picturing instead of your book for dummies, it's your book for dreamers. Forget the dummies now. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. You know, the, the book that I have inside of me is, is, um, is based upon all of those questionnaires. You know, we've, we've worked with over 6,000 executives and entrepreneurs and professionals, and we always ask them what, what is their, you know, like what is their favorite quote, you know, and, and what, what does success mean to them? And having read so many people's explanation and description of that, and then what really does motivate them, it, it's really, it's provided such a gift and I want to give that back. I want to take all of those and I've actually put them all into these buckets. So I have this really interesting description of what it takes to succeed. And that's what mm. I would like my next book to be about. Oh, amazing. I'm going to give you the last word today. Um, and I'll invite you to, if you'd like to make that last word, perhaps your inspiring quote. Mm. But you get to choose. It, you know, I, I'll say this. This is something that I think maybe it'll bring this this together, like all together. You know, starting out, you talked about not liking the imposter syndrome, but at the same time, people do tend, and it stops them from putting forth the right image on on LinkedIn. But I think it's it's, it's beyond LinkedIn. It's it's everywhere, and and so I just I wanted. I think what I'd like to say is just simply know that you're worthy of all of this, mm. that everyone, if just by being born and being here and listening to this podcast and really having a vision and, and thinking about this stuff, you're just, just in that alone, you're worthy and claim that story. Be the one that owns it. Don't let anyone else tell that story. You tell it yourself because you're the one that's going to be able to tell it in a manner that's going to project you where you want to go in your world, in your life, in your career. Mm. Thank you, Donna. You, I will have all the links to find her, follow her, and continue to find out what she's up to next. 